Father, we just thank you for family time, just being together. And now we pray, Lord, that you, you will anoint Joanne and that your word will go into our hearts. It will encourage us and build us up in the name of Jesus. I want to talk this morning to share with you something. Um, I wouldn't say anything unless God was speaking to me about it too. And the word that I want to bring is the word grace. And everything that I share this morning, I'm thinking of it in terms of grace in our families and grace in the church. Christians believe that grace is seen in Jesus. We didn't deserve what he did for us, but he was so generous Rich as he was, he became poor and gave everything for us so that we could have a relationship with God. So when I say the word grace, I'm not saying something that's overly feminized, mushy. (coughs) Do you know what I mean? That sort of word. I'm talking about something that's very real. Grace to me looks like Jesus. And that's uh, what I want to talk about this morning. I've got little signals for my friend at the back. I'm turning my page. Is that clear enough? I decided not to use hand signals because they tend to be over. I tend to go a bit mad. So there we go. Um, I'm going to look at the word grace. And I doodle in my mind. And as I saw the word grace, I picked out a letter. One of the most common um, ways that people describe grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And I love that. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at the letter G. G is for grace. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And grace is getting what we do not deserve. Again, God's riches at Christ's expense. I wonder if in your families, any of you have experienced... I could actually ask somebody, couldn't I? Put your hand up if you can think of a time in your family where somebody has done something, bought you something, said something, and you can't give a reason why they did it. They just did it because they wanted to. Can anybody think of a reason, or perhaps when you've done that, don't look at me blank, I'm coming round. Can you think of of something perhaps your parents did, and they did it just because they wanted to? My mum often just brings me bunches of flowers just because she likes to. That's reminded me of my mum shepherd's pies. Oh, oh, lovely. Coming round. My mum often comes round when I'm not there because she doesn't know when I'm in or not. But if she does, she will come in and do my ironing and then write a little message on the blackboard saying that the ironing fair has been. My grandma June, often when we've seen her, she just gives me and my brother a pound or something, but she has no reason. She just wants to give it because she's really nice and kind. Okay, it's wonderful, isn't it, when something happens and it, it just stems from a heart of love where somebody just wants to bless somebody. And, you know, God has done that in our lives. We didn't deserve what he did for us, but he poured out his love on us. And that is, I believe, the example for us to show in our families. Maybe not everyone in our family is um, a born-again believer. But if you are in your family, and if I am, we need to live out that grace that God's poured on us. 
and to, to love unconditionally. Grace, as, as parents, we don't um, overlook certain things, do we? You know, if our children are, and I'm sure I did as a child, and I'm sure I could tell tales of Jessica and Jacob, sometimes we go a bit beyond the boundaries, don't we? And we have to be brought back in to the boundaries that our parents set for us. And so with God, grace, you know, he, when he looks at us, he sees Jesus because of what he's done for us. But at the same time, he wants to bring us into the right boundaries that he set for us to live right. That good? Right. Ah, I really saw this word releasing. You know, the best families that I've ever had anything to do with are the families where parents do not live out their own lives through the children, where the children, the, 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 the parents can see the potential in a child and they will give that child everything that they need to follow that path that is right for them. As Christians, we can pray about that. We can have knowledge from God of how to support our children. And it might not. It might go against the grain. It might go against what we actually, oh, that's not a very secure thing to do. Oh, oh, they'll be penniless. They'll be penniless. It's that releasing. How many people here have had their children dedicated in, probably in this church or another. Yeah, I had mine dedicated too. And, you know, we say about giving our children to God, and then the next minute we're snatching them back because we're making all the decisions. And um, I know um, how that's been hard for me as a parent to look back at what I prayed when the tough times come, to say, I gave Jacob, I gave Jessica to you, and I fully trust that you have them in your hands, and I am willing to let them go to follow their destiny. And it's a very releasing environment to be in. It's an environment where when they trip and fall, which we all do, I'm not laughing. I'm saying, get up, get up, keep going. The same thing in our church family Are we looking at the potential sitting next to you, the potential sitting behind, in front? Are we saying, it might not fit with my idea of what you should be doing, but I can see in God you've got potential. Go for it. And when you fall, I'm not laughing behind your back. I'm saying, go on, go on, go further, go higher, go greater. I believe the best families in the world are those, I've heard this phrase recently, recently, and I just love it, are parents who can raise their children to be invaders of the impossible, who will just break the boundaries, and how in our life as a church, let all of us, with everyone, encourage each other to invade the impossible. Who says what's possible anyway? Who defines it? Let's go for it in God. Jesus, with his disciples, released them. And the scriptures here, go into all the world and preach. He might have said, oh, well, you know, you've got a bit of a problem. Oh, you're not ready. Actually, Jesus was so releasing. You know, they weren't ready. They weren't the finished article. 
go, make disciples. And I'm sure that's your heart as well, that whoever we meet, that we release them to fulfill their potential in God. It's another one. I've put an A for age is irrelevant. Have you ever been told you were too young? Have you ever been to Alton Towers, children, and you just don't make the height restriction? Ah! Have you been, you really want to go somewhere? Um, Jessica was booking, sorry to keep mentioning you, Jessica, but we were booking um, hotels in America, and you had to be 21. Ah! She's not 21 yet. And it's so frustrating. Have you ever been told you're too old? Or have you ever thought that people think you are too old to do something? Well, with God, age is absolutely irrelevant. Having looked at uh, childhood in different cultures and across time, I think we've got a really strange society um, in Europe, in America, where we have this sort of teenage time. That's a fairly new thing. It used to be that children got to 12 and then you were an adult. Now we have this weird sort of time where you want the benefits of being an adult, but you actually still want all the freedom of being a child. And it's a strange sort of time. And I would like to think that in our families and in our church, we can see the potential in our children that they're not babies, they can carry authority. They can do things for God. They can be leaders. They can lead people to Christ. They can teach us a thing or two, too. So age is um, irrelevant. Let's make sure that in our own families, we don't switch off our ears to the wisdom of those who are older, who've actually seen a thing or two. And there's nothing that much that's new under the sun, is there? really, when all said and done. And we need to listen and respect those that are older than us. And so we should too, don't you think, in the church as well, that let's not sideline people. I'm sure we don't. I'm, I'm just speaking out what's on my heart, that age should be irrelevant. It's how, what's in here, really. And if we, if we see an older person whose heart, I keep thinking of Mary, she's not here this morning, is she? I so admire that woman. And sorry to keep picking on you, Margaret, as one of our older ladies. And Bert as well. And, you know, if their heart's there for God, let's not sideline them. Let's learn from them. Nearly done. But see for Christ-centered. I would love to say that my family is Christ-centered all the time. I'd be telling an untruth. It isn't. We're proper dysfunctional sometimes, are you? You have dysfunctional days where somebody looking in might think, what? I mean, it's not grotesque or anything like that, but we're, we're all a little bit dysfunctional. The truth is no family is perfect, and there's a weird out idea out there that there are these perfect families. Well, I've never met one yet, and I don't think I ever will. And there are lots of practical things we can do as families to keep our family life healthy and whole. I mean, it's just very simple things, laughing together, listening to each other, loving each other, having boundaries as a family as to what we will let in 
um, and, and certain things. There are lots of practical things that we can do. But the greatest thing, I believe, is to allow God right into the center of our family life and live out grace to each other right in the center of our family. Let's let grace flow through us. Let's demonstrate God. Let's not hold back. Jesus did not hold back. God did not hold back. Let's us not hold back in loving and showing grace to our families. Being Christ-centered affects the way that we live. And this really struck me when I was thinking about Jesus on the cross, dying because he was showing such grace, dying so that we could live with him forever. And I'm saying, thank you for that grace, God. And now I'm jolly well going to do what I want to do. What a slap in the face to a God that's given everything. So actually, grace is wonderful. And you'll hear lots of messages about how wonderful grace is. But it affects the way that I live. Because I remember what he's done for me. And the last word that came to mind when I looked at the word grace was eternal. The words that we say can have consequences that go on forever and ever and ever. The impact that we have on our children as parents can go on from generation to generation. And so we have to be very careful what we say and what we do and what we model. We have a personal relationship with a God who is eternal And by his Holy Spirit, he lives in us. You have God. You have the Holy Spirit in here. Something of eternity in here. The Holy Spirit is in here. The Holy Spirit is the same. It's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And he's here. And he wants to burst out of us into our family life into our church life together. When we're shopping, whatever we're doing, he wants to break out from us. And when we meet together as a family, I think there's something very special that happens because we've got the Holy Spirit here, full of the Holy Spirit. We come together. We're all standing here. We worship, full of the Holy Spirit. And then there's a sense of God Fill in the place with his presence too. I always imagine when I'm in worship, you could say imagine, whether it's God showing me or it's imagination, that this is the place where angels will come and worship with us. Maybe we can't see them. Maybe some of you have. But this is a very special place, I believe. This is a place where we really do encounter God's presence, I believe, and how amazing that is. We carry that, not just in church. Imagine if we just kept that in church, we go home and we take that presence with us. And it must make an impact on our families, on our lives. It must. Okay, so just to finish with, just looking at that word, um, grace. Let's demonstrate grace here 
with one another and in our families. Let's speak families and also a family here that release others to step out in obedience to what God has asked them to do. Let's make sure we are Christ-centered as a member of a family and as members of a family. And let's live knowing that the eternal God lives in us. Remembering that when we worship, heaven touches earth. There's some um, thing I did share the, the other week that every time we've been in worship recently, I've really sensed um, the Holy Spirit and almost seen and heard a great pool of water in our church. And it's a pool of healing. And I've always never been a person of great faith where um, healing is concerned. Um, maybe because I've seen things happen to people. Maybe I've not, I don't really understand sometimes. But this, I really believe, is a place where God, we can't work out the theory of it. You can't say two and two makes four, you'll get healed. Is, I believe, a place where God is going to show grace. In other words, we don't deserve it, we can't explain it but where God will show grace and that we are going to see healings. Now, that might be, there's a lot of talk in the Bible about being whole spiritually. But I do believe that there is coming a time where we will see healing of bodies, healing of the mind. And I just want to speak that word over everyone this morning to raise our expectations that we have a God who can do anything he wants. And if he chooses to heal, he will heal. And I just want to to ask that you open your hearts this morning um, to that wonderful grace that flows from Jesus this morning. Um, We have um, an opportunity for prayer this morning. Would you like to explain, Andrew, what you've organized? But... uh, As well as that, I'd like to welcome you um, that if you need prayer for healing this morning, to please come and just open your heart to the grace of God. Thank you, uh, Jo. That was a great, great word. And just to pick up a couple of things that Jo shared there, she said about living out grace right in the center of our family. Uh, and, And it wasn't just about our home families and the different variety in of families that we're from, but right is central thing for our church family that grace is right at the centre of our family, and also mentioning about careful in, being careful in what we model as a family. I, I, I think it's great that as a church that we model prayer, prayer for each other, that we model grace, that we uh, model that uh, God is a healer and that we're presence carriers. Uh, This is what we're going to do. The guys are going to lead us in a song of worship in a moment. And and Kyle's just bringing out a screen. And um, on this screen, um, we want to invite you to, if you have got a prayer request, it could be for a member of your family or someone else's family that... um, 
that you come and grab some little people, paper cutouts. We want to invite you to come and write that person's name down. Listen, we, we, we won't know these names of people in your family, but God does. And we want to pray as a family for these names. So we're going, we're going to invite you to come uh, as, we, as the guys lead us in worship that we take hold of members of our family, of our church family, maybe people that you've not seen in our church family for a while. We want to pray for them. So I want to invite you to come and write the names. There's some blue tack here. Just come and stick it on the board. If if you you want a prayer in terms of grace, God's grace in your family, in your life, maybe stepping into that truth, wonderful truth of God's grace for us through Jesus Christ, then I'm going to invite you to come this side and Joe... Uh, would, and others would join and pray pray for you. But can we stand together, church family? And let me invite you right now just to come. Maybe someone in your family you've really had on your heart. Maybe it's someone that's gone away from the Lord and you want to pray for their return. Just grab a pen, write their name, stick them on this board. We're going to pray collectively right at the end. If it's something that Joe spoke about and you want to just respond to that, I want to invite you. There is, a, a, speak prophetically, there is a pool of healing this morning that will bring wholeness to your heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa! 